With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop pregame show. There we go. I got a little dyslexic for a second. I'm Dylan Mark at you bullet tank on Twitter slash X, and I'm here joined today by College Loop contributor and our Geo5 expert, Mr. John Conley, John Lee himself. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Dylan. I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be here. I love coming on the show. You know this anytime. Love breaking down uh, some good ball, and I'm I'm excited for this game. Yeah, good ball is one way to call it. As Auburn <laughs> enters their annual cupcake week right before the Iron Bowl, so hopefully a missed opportunity for a uh, you know a overlook game. Trying to look past the who you're playing on Saturday and look towards mm-hmm. uh, Alabama coming up in just a week now uh unless you're watching this on friday then eight days so yeah so as you're hating on your family for being alabama fans you can't forget that we're also going to be playing mexico state who is a nice little eight and three and mm-hmm. potential uh conference champs in the in the cusa and john though you did some research on on new mexico state so i'm gonna leave leave you this opportunity to kind of have your moment about the aggies of new mexico state <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about a cupcake game, and that's what this game is supposed to be, and it's what it's scheduled out to be. But it is one of the situations where you can't overlook the team that's in front of you. I think I mentioned this actually during the uh, preseason preview of this school was like you can't let this team uh, sneak up on you because there is an elephant in the room coming up in two weeks from uh, from now, and you just can't let this team sneak up on you, especially with the way that they play offense. They play a really, really good brand of just creative runs. They're going to run it down your throat. They're going to run it out and about. They have a ton of guys that will tote the rock, and they don't turn the ball over either. So this is a game <clears> – <throat> sorry. This is a game where uh, where you can really – if you're not if you're not careful, I'm not going to say you're going to lose this game, but it could creep up on you and, and cause some problems going into the Iron Bowl. Yeah, you definitely don't want that to happen, especially because you're playing with a lot of confidence right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peyton Thorne has been playing his great, the, the best ball he's played all year. Jarquez Hunter has finally found a has finally found a groove in this offense. Three straight hundred yard games by Jarquez Hunter, and you picked up the slack from that from the Vanderbilt game where you had seven drops and finally kind of lowered it down to like I think only two versus Arkansas. But you put up the best offensive performance you have since. 2017 in an away SEC environment 
And you just can't let the confidence build up in your head. You have to look at New Mexico State as your next opponent. Don't don't care who is next. Mm-hmm. New Mexico State is who you got to worry about right now. And especially, it helps that Diego Pavia isn't fully healthy. That does help out. Yeah, yeah. As, as far as, as we can tell, he, he might not play. And if he doesn't play, then I don't see – uh, a world in which this game, I don't think we can, I think, yeah, I don't even think it'd be remotely close. Um, Eli Stowers is coming in to be their backup and he's kind of been a Swiss army knife for them. He's played tight end, running back, strong safety, you know, whatever you need from him, he'll, he'll do. But I just think this team is so reliant on Pavia, not just to throw, but to pat or to run as well. They're so two dimensional with him. And so if you don't have that guy with you on offense, it could be a very, very long night for these Aggies team. And especially whenever, if you're looking at the fact that Eli Stowers has been playing every single, he has been your by air land or sea player. Uh, he's third on the team in reception or in receiving yards, and is also back of quarterback, and is also the fifth leading rusher on the team. He's just been playing all over the place, and he also has a tackle. So I believe you told me he played safety for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he's so, he's played. All over the ball, Taysom Hill, Jabril Peppers. You know, we we've seen this story before plenty of times, but uh, him having to actually be the quarterback for this team, if if Pavia is not there and ready to go, I just this could be a a long. I still think it could be a long night even with Pavia, but it could be just. I mean, before we even start, like today, they would have lost. Like they're losing this game already. You know. Oh yeah, and I. I understand if they if he is too hard to play, you kind of don't want to play Pavia as a New Mexico State's coach because you kind of want to play that next game and then you want to get into the conference championship and take down Liberty, who is also rolling through their season. But I would also really like it if Pavia did play because I again I've been saying it all week. I think Pavia gives you your best chance to prepare for a Jalen Milrow type quarterback. He's not as fast and he's I don't want to say it, but he's not as good as Jalen Milrow has been playing. But it'd be a great warm up to the real thing, and that's why I I hope he does play. I hope they want that competitive edge because I, I feel like without play, if you're not playing him, you're just playing to lose. And it's like you're just kind of chalking it up no matter what. But we, I mean, we've seen teams like this be giant killers before, so if you want to go out guns a blazing, I mean, go for it. But I just don't think Eli Stowers is going to be your guy. Uh, and if all Auburn's got to do is just lock down Jonathan Brady and Trent Hudson in that passing game, uh, you have one guy in Jonathan Brady who's going to be your speed threat. He's going to be running straight, straight down the field, trying to burn, uh, trying to burn you, and then Trent Hudson is going to go right over you. But without Diego Pavia, I don't know how likely it is for those two to just get a lot of targets. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. That's one thing that they're going to have to to figure out soon is, is that if they don't have Pavia, you got to figure out how can we tailor this offense to Stowers' strengths, which his strengths is that he can move. He is an athlete. Uh, we see it not just at the quarterback position, but all over the field. And one thing that helps for them is they have a stable of running backs. As much as we talk about, uh, you know, the Auburn group here with with Hunter and Batie and uh, – oh, God, who am I thinking? Uh, Cobb. Austin, you know, Jeremy, Cobb, Cobb. Austin and, yeah. They – this – Aggies team is very similar when it comes to Star Thomas and Monte Watkins and Jamani Jones. These are guys that the three of them have a combined 1,200, close to 1,300 rushing yards. So they're they're powerful. And their leading rusher is, is Pavia uh, just because of that dual threat ability. But they can beat you in all sorts of ways with their creative running ability. It's crazy. A true definition of a dual threat quarterback is Diego Pavia throwing for – 
2,200 already on the year, 19 touchdowns, six interceptions, and also rushing for 703 yards and five touchdowns on the ground as well for him. Just an all-around great season for for a team that doesn't really get the the attention that I feel like it, like some of these CUSA teams just don't get the attention they deserve. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, one might say a Sun Belt team doesn't really get the attention it deserves from the overarching NCAA who are uh, not on my good side right now. And you're going to get that in a second. If you can't tell Pat's right. Oh, right goodness. Uh, because I am fuming about that. If you cannot tell, uh, but going to, going to this game, Auburn just has, a lot of things defensively they can prepare for. You're looking at trying to make sure your defensive line continues this peak they've been getting at. If you, when you peak, you don't want to just go up and go straight down. You want to go mm-hmm. up and then continue it, make it a plateau, if you will. Geography lesson for everybody out there. So go up and flatten out up there. So you're at least playing at your highest level as much as you possibly can. And Jalen McLeod did that last week against a not very good Arkansas offensive line but got three sacks four tfls and nine tackles uh for Jalen mcleod and you're still looking at marcus harris and jason jones and keldrick fock who are all looking to who are all having pretty pretty good seasons marcus harris especially and with the last hours in you have a freshman quarterback who have, has a nice little two hundred fifty thousand dollars richer than he was because he got signed to that awesome uh a&m recruiting class that all transferred out uh I, I think this game's going to play heavy into Auburn's favor with that front seven. I, I think without your leader, I, this is me operating under the assumption that he might not be, that Pavia might not be playing. I mean, this game could get ugly fast because I don't know if, if he last hours can power through this Auburn defense. Yeah, no, this is, this is for Auburn, they're playing the exact, they're peaking at the exact right time. You don't want to be a team that starts off super hot and falls later on in the season, if you're going to be the team that you are, that Auburn is, and you're going to finish with, you know, seven, maybe eight wins, give or take, you don't want five to be in the first six weeks. And then you just lose, you know, you know, six of your last seven, however, however many it is to finish off the season. They're playing the exact right way and peaking at the exact right time going into this game where they can just keep that going, get that momentum in, do things in the first half that they want to do. And then the second half, depending on how it goes, you know, put your backups in, let them get some playing time, let them get that that experience. But then that way you have so much momentum and so much energy and so much rolling into when you go to Alabama. So for this game, it's really just all about don't slow down. If you're Auburn on offense, on defense, special teams, whatever it is, you just can't slow down. Because uh, if you start to slow down, that's when things can start to cause some concern going into next week. Yeah, I mean, even to move over to the other side of the ball, uh, I was going to bring up the special teams for a second because this Auburn special teams unit has not slowed down all year. Mm -hmm. I mean, Alex McPherson, a solid 11 for 11 on the year. It's what you want to see from your kicker. But offensively, it's awesome watching this Auburn offense finally hit the high points, finally find out what they can be, Mm -hmm. what they need to be, and what they will be in the future uh, with or without, you know, some of the players who might be transferring out. Uh, But overall – if Peyton Thorne can come out and kind of light it up a little bit and not too long, cause you don't want to risk any kind of injuries whatsoever. Let Jarquez Hunter, let Brian Batee, Damari Alston, Jeremiah Cobb, let those four backs kind of take the bulk of the plays kind of rest up Peyton Thorne's arm, but have him play enough to where he's not getting out of the groove. Yeah, no, this is, this is what I would want to see is like a t-shirt and hat game going into halftime for, for Peyton Thorne. I want Peyton Thorne to leave this game the most confident he's felt all season. 
because that because he's going to be the probably one of the biggest factors in this Iron Bowl game is is how well is he plays. He going to be the Peyton Thorn that we've seen for the past three weeks, or is he going to be the Peyton Thorn that we saw for the first four, five, six weeks of the season? So for him, like I, I don't want to see him in the second half. If the first half he had, you know, if he was fifteen for seventeen for one hundred and thirty yards and two touchdowns, like if that's what he was in the first half. I don't need to see anything else again because I want him to leave that half as confident as he can be. Because I think this this Iron Bowl is going to be so much of how how much momentum is Auburn going to have going into that game. And so I want to see a, a really confident game from Peyton Thorne where he goes and he does his job and he leaves early just feeling great about what he left on the field. Yeah, and I would especially like it in the second half if Auburn is up by a substantial amount. I wouldn't like them to not start burning clock until like the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. just to kind of keep the momentum going all the way you, you all the way through. Because I mean, the fourth quarter you're going to try you're trying to end the game no matter what. But third quarter, I mean, don't have Peyton Thorne in if you're up by you know 30, 40 at that point. Have like Robbie in to kind of run the ball, run the RPO a little bit, still yeah. try to put up points. Mm-hmm. Uh, but be willing to settle for field goals whenever you can, just to get more confidence. And you know, because kicking is very important in the Iron Bowl. If you if you're not aware, <laughs> if you don't have the leg kicker, things happen to you that kind of cost you games. And yeah, that is true. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, and it's also, it's also going to help if Auburn can keep these wide receivers from dropping passes. And I know that's not me saying Hugh Freeze can stop that, or <laughs> no one at Auburn can really stop that except for the people who were getting the ball thrown to him. Uh, Rivaldo Fairweather, a couple weeks ago, he had some very bad drops against Vanderbilt. Uh, I know Camden Brown had some bad drops against Arkansas. I mean, it was just drop city in Nashville, just going back that far. Auburn needs to establish a good rhythm through the passing game, at least for the first part of this game. And I don't want to – don't do what you did against Sanford, where you were just throwing the ball to throw the ball, and you were forcing passes, and you were just doing all mm-hmm. this silly stuff, and you, you throwing through two interceptions versus Sanford. Play smart football. Peyton Thorne isn't going to be your isn't going to consistently be your thirty passes a game quarterback. We saw that last week with Arkansas. He didn't need to do that to win the game by thirty eight. He threw the ball twenty times, completed twelve passes, threw two touchdowns, also ran the ball very well. That's what Peyton Thorne is going to bring to this offense, and that's what you need to show again because now you have that identity that you were wanting to rock with throughout these last few games on the schedule, and especially whenever you're playing a defense like Alabama's in two weeks where or a week sorry where you are going to be playing against a balanced defense you're not going to be able just to hand the ball off 30 times a game you're not going to be able to throw the ball 30 times a game you're going to have to find a balanced attack to get at that and you're going to have to use this game right here don't overlook this game you need this game to prepare for alabama this is a rep rep game you need this game to prepare for alabama and it's going to sit on the shoulders of the two players who are playing the hottest right now. And that's Peyton Thorne and Jarquez Hunter. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I love that you brought back the Sanford game. Cause I remember watching that Sanford game and just thinking there were so many just ridiculous plays from Peyton Thorne. Now, obviously a lot has changed since then, uh, whether it's play calling or whatever it may be, there's been a lot of changes since then, but what you don't want is for Peyton Thorne to get behind himself and make stupid mistakes because you're playing a lesser opponent. Because right now, yes, they're a lesser opponent. They have more wins than you. You know, I understand that it's it's a different conference. They're a different level of competition. But they're playing at a high level. They're going to play for a conference championship. 
So they're playing at a, at a, a good level. The one thing about their defense, I'll say, is they don't get takeaways. They have four picks all season. They have five fumbled recoveries all year. So that's their weak spot on their defense. Don't make it a strength for them this week. Don't force stupid throws that can turn into picks, right? Just play clean, smart football that ultimately just keeps your team rolling and moving against this team. You don't need these crazy, you know, 60-yard bombs or 40-yard chunk plays. You can beat them. I saw it against Western Kentucky this past week. You can beat them just first, second down, just constant little four-yard runs and, and little out and just small little things that can just keep it just going and going and going and wear them out that way because they they rush for that's one thing I'll say is they love to rush for and sometimes they can get some pressure on it but a lot of times they they struggle a good little bit and so for this Auburn team like you have bigger you have bigger guys than they do right play big boy football just play a, a consistent type of offense that is clean don't make stupid penalties. Don't get behind yourself and just come out of this game just feeling good about yourself on all three phases. Yeah, I mean, just to go – just turnovers in general. If Auburn can keep the turnovers to a minimum, because I – just uh, – not a minimum. If Auburn can just have zero turnovers, because I'm not too sure if Auburn's gone a complete game without having a single turnover. And I say that not knowing – because just strictly because of the – the Sanford game. That's what worries me. Uh, let's see. I believe so. Peyton Thorne has had three games, wait, correction, four games all year where he's not thrown a single interception. That was Mississippi State, LSU, Texas AM, and UMass. And I'll give him some leeway with the Georgia game because he was trying to make a play. So, yeah. Uh, but not a lot of games that you can go off of that Auburn just has not turned, o- turned over the ball. And with the defense who doesn't force them, it's going to be very important that you keep it that way, mm-hmm. especially because turnovers hurt momentum. And if you throw a turnover against a lesser team, it's going to do nothing but hurt you. Yeah, this is a game where Peyton does not need to play hero ball. He doesn't need to be the hero and make some stupid scramble out and try to make a play that turns into a pick because that's what happened in his first pick against Sanford. He tried to scramble out. It was, I think it was like a third down or second down or something like that, and he threw it to a linebacker in the end zone. It was a red zone play. That is something where, hey, you just take the points. You know who you are. You know who they are. You know that you can win this game handedly. You don't need to try to play hero ball for Sanford. You know, you don't need to try to play hero ball for for this uh, New Mexico State team. So if you're Peyton Thorne, if you're Montgomery and you're Hugh Freeze, just say, hey, we don't need you to be a superhero today. We just need you to do your job and get it done the right way. Even if it's like seven for nine for like 95 yards and a touchdown with like – five carries for 40 yards and a touchdown and then just pull him out, you know, yeah. do enough to where he is not turning over the ball where he's getting consistent. He's keeping that moxie that he's had. And I mean, nothing brings more moxie than that first touchdown he got against Arkansas, where he just trucked that one Arkansas defender and then stared mm-hmm. him down as he crossed the end zone. That's probably yeah. my favorite. If, if I had to rank plays that have happened all year, that's going to be one of my favorite. Yeah. Uh, Cause that proved to me that Peyton Thorne was improving in a good way. Uh, with, I don't think he's going to prove it in a bad way. But with that, John, you ready to make your prediction for this game? I am. I am. I am. I think I think this is going to be a, a – if Diego Pavia doesn't play, I mean, this game's going to be over before he even starts. I'm pretty sure uh, right now Auburn would be up 14 nothing before we even have kickoff. But uh, with with that, I, I have 48-10. to 10. I think it could be something where they score 35 very quickly – uh, at least by, I'd say, halfway through the third quarter. They're already up by by 30-plus, and then 
you know, you get a fourth quarter touchdown here, uh, uh, you know, uh, garbage time touchdown in the fourth quarter for them. So I'm going to go 48-10 Auburn. It's kind of a – I like it. Same same score that they got against Arkansas? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Honestly, I it. was I was actually – I almost predicted that as well. Uh, I think this is going to be a huge pickup point uh, to try to show how much this offense can do. Uh, and show off how much his defense can. And again, if we're going to go off the fact that Pavia might not play, I think you're going to find very, uh, not very, not a, not a lot of points here. I, I think I'm going to go with a nice 48 to six for Auburn. Yep. I think you know, I think it's like two field goals, and which isn't garbage time points happen. Yeah, I'm going to go 48 to six. I think that's going to be a nice little nice little segue into the Iron Bowl. Next, yeah, for um, sure. With, with the the season nearing its end in just two weeks, unless you have a bowl game like Auburn does and George Southern does, that's right. How's it got you feeling? It's uh, it's got me feeling good. You know, we're we're doing a little bit of a, a later uh, recording as this is happening, so I'm feeling a little tired. I'm feeling um, feeling a little loopy. Feeling loopy, and you know, people could go buy a certain article of clothing that could really show off that emotion. And I know, I think actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you're wearing one right now. Could I be? Could I be? Yeah. You know, you, you don't need to hear it from Dylan or from Tar, or from Daniel about how awesome the shirt is. You can hear it from your favorite group of five analysts, right? And I'm wearing it. It's awesome. I got the Navy feeling loopy shirt. It's awesome. I love it. It's super comfortable. I mean, they, they really, really uh, hit it home whenever they talk about it. it you know, there's no better uh, person to speak on it than someone who's currently wearing it. And it's it's great. I love it. I really enjoy it. Uh, my wife really enjoys it as well. <laughs> so uh, just to uh, to let you guys know, but no, it's a it's a very comfortable shirt. I really enjoy it. Um, and so yeah, I mean for sure, definitely get the Phil and Loopy shirt. And with that, I mean, I mean, you look at that on the screen right, right now. There. Your your three colorways that are up here. I missed out on the two of them because they're basically the same colors, just for the pattern on them. So you got five color ways for the Feeling Loopy t-shirt on the warport.com. Go to the shop. It's right there on the first page, so you can't miss it. Church most comfortable shirt you're ever going to wear. And, of course, the holiday season is almost upon us. It's the day after Thanksgiving is whenever you can start singing your Christmas carols and start decorating for Christmas and doing all this other stuff for Christmas. Don't forget Thanksgiving is the football holiday, so we must celebrate that first and then get into Christmas. But, of course... It's the perfect gift to give for your family. If you buy it now, it'll be here in time for Christmas. That's right. So go ahead and get it. You can get one for every member of your family. They're all going to love it. You have you have a nice little matching photo to wear with your family for the Christmas cards. You know, you got all that stuff. And, of course, whenever you get that shirt, throw it up on social media, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can even email it to us at uh, thecollegeloop1 at gmail.com. And when you do, put a hashtag feeling loopy. That way we just know how you're feeling whenever you're wearing that shirt, of course. And, of course, with that, I am ready to make my weekly pickums. And here at the College Loop, we like to keep you inside the loop of Auburn Athletics. But, of course, every now and again, we like to take a little glance on what's going on outside of the loop. And Mr. Seven and Three, no more here to see if your streak can be kept alive. I That's think right. last last time you finished eight and two was the last time you made your predictions. No, no, I was six and four, and I got to seven and three. 
Oh, that's right. Yep. So now, oh, so now you're Mr. Seven and Three. Yes, I'm. I need to get to uh, to eight and two. Show it's show that a... steady improvement that you're wanting to see from a rebuild. That's right. Uh, and he's starting off. Going to start off with 11 a.m. kick a game that could. I don't think it's going to really help decide who's going to go to the ACC championship, but could play a pivotal factor in uh, how comfortable you would be in Louisville going into that game versus Florida State. That's going to be number 10 Louisville, two-point favorite as they travel to Hard Rock Stadium to play the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with Louisville here, but this is – Miami has been such a weird team all season. Like this could easily be a game that Miami wins by like seven off of some stupid – play or something um they're gonna play it's at hard rock stadium which means it will be a louisville home game but <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go with louisville here i think they're gonna try to close it out and then we'll see what happens in the acc championship game that game could just be wild yeah and i i like the spread here and actually i'm looking at the other spreads now as this comes out uh <laughs> the line is now miami minus one so I, this game is going to be close i do think you know what i'm i'm gonna get a little weird I think Miami pulls out the pulls out the upset here. I don't want my wallet anywhere near this game whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I do not either. Uh, but with I'm going to be going Miami. I'm very high on Miami because I'm you know stupid like that. Uh, so I mean, I can't go against the, the the team I've been high on for the past two years since they got Mario Cristobal. <laughs> so <laughs> gonna go rock with Miami there and John. Yeah. I know you love your Georgia Southern uh, Eagles. Is it just Eagles or the Golden Eagles? It's just Eagles. I'm Boston College is what I'm thinking of. Uh, but you know, I know how much you your second favorite team re- resides in Boone, North Carolina. So I know who you're going to go with here because they're your favorite team. But the App State Mountaineers are going to travel for College Game Day to Harrisonburg, Virginia, to play the James Madison Dukes. Who are now a nine-point favorite? So these are, all these bets are off, like off the radar right now. But yeah, um, listen, I, I will say this: the nine-point, the fact that the spread is going down, I think should be in consideration because App State is playing really well. Their record is, I think, six and four, but they've won, I think, four of their last five, something like that. Three of the playing, last four. Three of the last four. They're playing very well. They're playing really, really good football right now. But this James Madison team is so good and it's at home there's a lot of energy for those of you who uh who have not heard, if you haven't heard yet their NCAA waiver was uh um was it waived it was it, or not waived it was um, rejected yep. so uh they will not be playing in a conference championship game still could potentially play in the postseason uh with the weird how the bowl games and if there's not enough bowl eligible teams they could find a way to make it in they're not playing for a conference championship game and I think this would just be a big staple on national television for the NCAA. So you're going to go ahead and give me the Dukes here. Yeah, I'm also going to be rocking with the Dukes. If you know me, then you know how much I love the James Madison Dukes and how good they have been since they entered into the FBS. And it just sucks so much that the NCAA has just screwed them over so much that they are not, they're the best team in the Sun Belt by a mile. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to prove it. And they're not going to get a ring because the NCAA has a stupid, stupid rule that is affecting not just James Madison, but also Jacksonville State as well. Yeah, who also resides in Alabama because they've been playing very, very well. good. And I mean, they played it close against South Carolina. And this is, this is a situation where if, you, if, if this 
it won't happen next year, at least for James Madison, because their their waiver will be will be gone and they'll be able to compete in postseason play. But if this was happening in next year's format with the playoffs, this could be them going to the playoffs or not. Like this is not just a postseason play. This is them at nine, 10 and 0, the chance to go to the college football playoff. And the NCAA would say, no, you don't, you haven't earned the transition period yet. Like this is just crazy. I, I think it helps them out the fact that there are a couple other schools that are because I think Sam Houston also put in a waiver and it's like, well, they're clearly not playing well. So yeah. it's been it's been it's been easy enough for the NCAA to reject it, but you have to look at the resume. You have to look at everything they've done. It's like they they don't need this waiver. They don't need this this you know uh, free year or whatever. They can compete and compete right now. And if this was next season where there was a playoff spot on the line, there would be absolute chaos. <laughs> Lawsuits would ensue, I believe. <laughs> That's just how much they're getting screwed out by the NCAA, who are just an absolute joke of an organization. And they just constantly do nothing but prove that statement more and more right. Every year, they prove that statement right. And it's just baffling to me that they keep doing that. And now to throw it over to the Pac-12, we got the Utah Utes, number 22 team in the country, traveling to Tucson, Arizona, Taylor, number 17, Arizona Wildcats. And the spread's also wrong. It was Utah minus one. Now it's Arizona minus one. Yeah, which I mean, I mean that really just means toss up. I, you, again, this is one of those games you want to keep your wallet away from. You do not want to put any money on this game. But with that, I think Utah's going to have a great bounce back. I think uh, this team just plays so scrappy, and they respond well to losses. So to me, I think it's an easy pick. I'm going to go with the Utes here. Yeah, and it helps that Arizona also struggled last week versus mm-hmm. Colorado. And they had a they had a couple of close matches. This Arizona team is very, very good. Uh, and Jed Fish at Arizona definitely needs to keep an eye out for any jobs that might be coming his way because people are going to be offering him because Arizona has turned into a very good team in just one year. But it's like Miami when it comes to this. I find it very hard to pick against a team that I really like watching play. Utah, the only team in the Pac-12 that actually likes to play defense, but they mm. also forget they also have to play offense a little bit. Uh, I think this game is going to come down to the wire, like the Miami, Louisiana, uh, Louisiana. Uh, I put UL, so I confused myself. Uh, Louisville game. I'm going to rock with the Utes as well. I I think that Bryson Barnes has been playing very good football. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he ten he's ten touchdowns, seven interceptions, but I think he's done just enough to kind of prove that Utah kind of deserves their ranking, and their defense. Travels very well. Utah is not afraid. Kyle Whittingham is a great coach. He's a fantastic coach. I think he does not get the love that he so deserves. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rock with the Utes here, but Arizona, very, very sneaky good team that people should worry about if they ever play them. Uh, now to the CBS game of the week. And this game, actually, the spread for this one has not changed for once. As the Georgia Bulldogs, the number one team in the country, are going to travel to Knoxville, Tennessee to take on the eight potentially overrated Tennessee volunteers at 230. Uh, weird things happen when Georgia goes to Nalen, uh, but dropping one here is not one of them. So I, I think this is going to be a very convincing Georgia win against this Josh Heupel squad. Yeah, I'm also going to rock that as well. I think Georgia's going to cover this game. They played their best brand of football last week versus Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brock Bowers was in the game, was barely even a factor, and they still put up 50 points, and Ole Miss just had nothing to say about it. Except they had a lot of things to say about it because they said that 
Well, we made it because George actually decided what they wanted to play football against us. Dude, they put up 50 on you. <laughs> okay, cool. Good for you, man. Yeah, George is going to win this game by a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think George is gonna is gonna struggle over the next two weeks. Uh, no. Sorry, Tar, if you're watching this, uh, Tech does not stand a chance, and I feel like you understand that sentiment. But yeah, Georgia, Georgia covers. Yep. And I throw it back to the ACC as the number twenty North Carolina Tar Heels travel to Clemson, South Carolina, to take on a now two-game win streak led, Dabo Sweeney led, Clemson Tigers, who this spread also did not change. Seven-and-a-half point favorite for Clemson Tigers. Yeah, I this one I've, I've had such a hard time with because I feel like Drake May and this North Carolina squad can kind of get things rolling here to close out this season, but I also have no faith in them. I also have no faith that Dabo Sweeney can, you know, get three wins in a row. We haven't really seen it yet this year. It's just been so up and down, both these teams – I'm going to go with UNC, but it's going to be a really weird football game. Yeah, I've been looking at this game. because That Notre Dame game from two weeks ago really kind of stands uh, out to me. Mm-hmm. A game where North, uh, North or Notre Dame had a lot of chances to win that game, but their offense just could not get it done. But now you're looking at UNC, who has one of the best quarterbacks in the country. The offense has been very lights out. They have a 3,000-yard pass with Drake May. They have a 1,200-yard rusher with Hampton. I'm also going to go with UNC here. I think that they kind of prove that this offense is kind of, you know, should be respected and that, you know, Clemson just continues to fall. Uh, I, I Clemson might be good next year, but mm, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, transfer portal does kind of help out, your, can help out your teams a little bit. And now to move back over. To the Pac-12, just going, com- just going coast to coast uh, on this prediction. Uh, UCLA and their potential last game of the Chip Kelly era for UCLA before they go to the Big Twelve plays the USC Trojans, who are a twelve point or a six point favorite, and both these teams are on a two-game losing streak. Yeah, it's going to be crazy when uh, next year this is going to be the uh, uh, part of the slate of the Big Ten rivalry week for for these two teams in Los Angeles, California. But I'm going to go with a bounce back performance from USC. They've been craving something like that ever since the Utah game, and you see what they did with Notre Dame, and just they've been playing so rough these past five weeks. Uh, even their win against Cal, I mean, it was a two point win or one point win. Yeah, 50 to 49. And so they need something bad. And I think this is going to be a game where uh, Caleb uh, Caleb Williams reminds everyone who he is and kind of shows the world like, hey, I am still Caleb Williams. I am still the current Heisman uh, winner. And so I think that this game, this game could be close, especially if they just, if they just find, you know, any sign of life on offense for UCLA to put up points. I mean, this could be a shootout. Final score could be 48 52. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to roll with USC here. Yeah, I'm, this game, I if let's see, the over under is 65 and a half. You can go ahead and bet that over, yeah. I believe. Uh, I think USC is going to win this game. They have the offense. They put up points even even when they lose. Their defense just can't stop anybody. Uh, it helps that you're having Caleb Williams versus a true freshman and Dante Moore. And I think that's going to play a big role in this. I'm going to go USC. I think they potentially cover, and they're definitely going to put 70 up on, in between these two teams because that USC defense – could not can't, can't stop anything not nothing whatsoever 
because holy crap, it is bad. Now, to throw it from the... So we got the the ACC, then we went to the Sun Belt, then we went to the Pac-12, then we went to the SEC, then we went to the ACC, then we went to the Pac-12. Now we're going to go back to the Sun Belt as the Old Dominion Monarchs travel to good old Statesboro, Georgia to play the Georgia Southern Eagles, who now the spread is now six and a half in Georgia Southern's favor uh, as the Georgia Southern Eagles continue their, uh, let's say, win streak. But they are on a two-game skid. Two-game skid. This is a huge, huge game for Clay Helton and company. Uh, they got to close out with a win here at home uh, to get six uh, six home wins uh, this year, go undefeated there. And I think they can do it. I think they've been playing a brand of football that is not – their typical brand these past two weeks and part of it is they they struggle on the road i don't know what it is this year i don't know why it is this year but they struggle on the road and i think just getting back home getting in front of that crazy crazy environment that paulson stadium can create and old dominions been kind of up and down this year and they had a little shot at one point where they could have competed for the uh for the sunbelt title i think that's kind of gone now but i think this team this should be a game where as long as davis Brin doesn't make mistakes and georgia southern gets the turnovers that they've been known for getting all year this should be pretty open closed shut case for for southern yeah i'm also going to go with georgia southern i love old dominion uh they're they're uh going retriever follows me on twitter it's one of my it's my most uh probably my prettiest looking follower that i have no offense to anybody out there but have you if you haven't seen hudson you're missing out. He's a pretty dog, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna rock with Georgia Southern here. I think they, I think they get the much needed win before they go and play Coastal Carolina. Did I get that right? Or who's it? They play next week? Old Dominion. Old uh, App State. They play App State next week, right? Uh, Georgia Southern plays App State. Yeah, there you go. Yep. The rivalry it's, week. Yep. Deeper than hate. That's what's called deeper than hate. It's the deeper than hate rivalry. That's that's awesome. I love it. Turner, there's like. There's like a high school rivalry in Alabama that's called like Murder Creek or something. But it's like awesome. Yeah. Uh, I need to look that up and find that. Uh, now to go to the Big 12 for the first time of this pick'em. As the number 21 Kansas State Wildcats are going to travel to another side of the state to Lawrence, Kansas, to take on the number 25 ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas State is now spread as out. This spread's gone up, actually. Kansas State's now a nine and a half point favorite. Yeah, and I, I would love to see Lance Leipold and crew get a, a nice win here. I think this is their senior night. Yeah, get a nice win here on senior night. And both teams are, are playing well. Uh, if you're uh, Kansas, you did have a kind of a uh, – you didn't have a great loss there against Texas Tech. You couldn't get anything rolling on offense. But you've had some good wins over the past couple of weeks. Uh, but this Kansas State team is playing pretty well right now. I think I'm going to go with the Wildcats here because they still also have a chance too to – find themselves potentially the way that things swing. They could find themselves in this big 12 uh, title game. Yes, they can. And I think they will because I'm hanging on by a thread to get at least some of my predictions, right? So I can hang it over Tar's head. So I'm also going to be rocking with the Kansas state Wildcats here. I think that uh, coach Klein has done a great job of building this program back up. Mm -hmm. Uh, You lost Deuce Vaughn last year. And now you kind of started off rough with in a rough patch. And then you found a way to win. You found an identity on this offense. You kind of rocking a nice old two quarterback uh, offensive scheme, and they've been playing their best football yet. And I think yeah. there's a good chance Kansas State might find a way to ruin the Big 12's chances of getting to the playoffs. And I love that so much. If I'm just proven that much right, 
about about the Big 12 champion. Now, to go back over to the Pac-12, we have a game I'm surprised did not get the college game day experience. As number five, Washington Huskies, who are now are still a one-and-a-half-point favorite, as they travel to Corvallis, Oregon, take on the number 11, DJ Uyunglele-led Oregon State Beavers. I, I love the way that Oregon State's been playing uh, these past this, – this whole season, really. I mean, they've responded really well. Uh, DJ's been playing out of his mind, just playing really well, responding to the, the criticism and, you know, his, his, his struggles at Clemson. But Michael Penix and company are just rolling. They're playing so well. And the fact that it's one and a half points, I think it's honestly like – I think it could be – it's not going to be one and a half. I think they're going to win, I would say, probably by a touchdown – uh, but I'm going to go with the Huskies here. I, I love Michael Penix. The way that they, he's able to sling it and is throwing it around, he's playing fantastic. And I really think it's one of these. I think one of these Pac-12 quarterbacks is going to win the Heisman, um, whether it's Williams or or Bo Nix or Penix. Uh, but I definitely expect to see two, if not all three, of them up in New York um, coming coming a few weeks here. We'll go ahead and warn you: it's not going to be Caleb Williams. I feel like he's our his his defense played him out of the yeah. out of the out of the contention for it. But definitely Bo Nix and Michael Penix. But here's the thing. Oregon State team, outside of Oregon, is the is going to be the second most balanced team they've played thus far. Mm-hmm. And they don't get Oregon State in Seattle. They have to travel to Corvallis. Oregon State plays balanced football. They have a great running back in David Martinez. DJ Ungulale is playing his best brand of football. We've seen him play in college football. Found out he is not he was not the problem at Clemson. Yeah, he was a star waiting to find the right team, and he's found the right team. I'm actually going to rock with Oregon State Beavers here. I think they're going to get the upset over Washington because that defense is ridiculous. And if this game was in Seattle, uh, I'd go the other way. But this being a home game and it being that close of a spread, God, actually, so much stuff up. Did I did I read it wrong? Oh, the spread's not Oregon State favored. There we go. So yeah, one point favorite. So this game okay. definitely it's this game's a coin flip. Mm-hmm. Uh, of sorts but yeah i'm definitely going to be rocking with the beavers here so and last game on the docket is a game where you have two five and five teams waiting to get that last win so they can play one more game before the season ends and i believe sicko's committee is calling us the bowl eligible <laughs> And I am definitely butchering that in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. But if Tar was here, he would absolutely love it. As the Syracuse Orange travel to Atlanta and good old Bobby Dodd Stadium to play the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, who are a six and a half point favorite now. And the Yakets are had a nice little nice little two game win uh, win streak over over UNC and UVA before Clemson came to the town or before they went to Clemson, there we go, and Clemson kind of handed it to them. But they got a bye week for this game, so I think that helps a lot. Yeah, I, I'm going to roll with the uh, with Georgia Tech here. I think they've been playing uh, some really good football this year. I think Brent Key is, gonna, is just going to keep this team just trekking in the right direction. I really do. I think next year they're going to be even better than this year. Um, you know, it's a tough game against Clemson that you had, but Clemson seems to be kind of hitting some gears here right now. But I think you can go in here, get a, a good win against – uh, against Syracuse and then prepare for your home game against Georgia, which I mean, this Georgia team is is start is is 
right exactly kind of where Auburn is. They're getting hot at the exact right time, especially for them where with what's on the line for them. Uh, they're going to probably take care of Tech handedly, but you know you could have something slip up where it's uh, it's a little bit closer than you want. But no, I think I think Tech's going to come in here. I think they're going to get through Syracuse and get that bowl game that they're they're desperately desperately wanting to get. Yeah, I believe so too. I got, I got Tech in this one too, just so just so Tark and kind of think that the Harrison Tar Bowl is so close to happening as as Georgia Tech and Auburn are projected in some places to play each other in their bowl game. Uh, yeah, I think Tech's going to get their their last win of the season here, uh, depending on who they play in the bowl game. If it's Auburn, I'm going to go rock with Auburn there. Uh, spoiler alert uh, for that bowl game. But, yeah, I'm going to rock with Tech here because why not? Just... I've seen some things where they could uh, they could squeeze. If, if Tech can get this win here, they can uh, squeeze in a, a Tech-Georgia Southern little, uh, little in-state game, which I've been dying to see for years now. And – I'm just I'm so ready for it to happen at some point. They they need to flex that flex that game. I have like a, as a bowl game or is like an actual like. Regular? Well, they're they're saying it could be a bowl game. Uh, Southern's been dying to try to get it to be a home and home, but I think Tech is just unwilling to go to Statesboro. That's crazy. I think, I think that's something that's been talked about uh, numerous times, and part of it is is I don't know if if we can really pay them what they're asking for to come down to Statesboro, but I also think they're just scared. Just being very straightforward. You should uh, tweet that at their football team. I should, kind of, uh, and then start some, start some, start some beef. But see, yeah, see what happens. That'll do it for this post game show, John. I'll let you go ahead. Tell everybody where they can love you. Find you on the social media. Awesome. Yeah, you can find me anywhere on social media at John Lee Forty Nine, uh, Twitter, X, Instagram, whatever it is. Uh, feel free to to you know hit me up, ask me questions. You know, I love interacting with people. Uh, I love interacting with college football fans who are more delusional uh, than they need to be. Uh, especially a, a certain fan base that I have graduated from, but uh, <laughs> but no, absolutely feel free to hit me up. Uh, I love talking to everyone, and, and I love coming here every single time. So yeah, yeah of course, always glad to have you. Uh, no one else wants to look up more stats about Geo Five teams than you do, and I support right. that fully because I don't have the time in my day to go look around for New Mexico State <laughs> stats. But I'm glad you make the time for it as well with you. But of course, I'm Dylan Lark at your boy Tank at your boy the Tank on Twitter slash X. I'll look at my Instagram as well. I don't look at D Y L E N L E R C K. Leave your predictions in the comments below for the Auburn New Mexico State game. The closest one gets a nice little shout out on the Tuesday show. So go ahead and try that out. Last week we had two winners. Uh, try to if you see someone else pick, picking your score, kind of change it up a little bit so we can have some mm-hmm. uh, parity amongst amongst the predictions because it was very hard when everyone was doing forty to tens or. 34s or 27s and all, all all the basic ones that you see all around the place. But of course, follow us right here on the call at the College Loop. Also leave a like, comment, and subscribe as well. We are getting very close to letting Colin be able to eat again as he is still dealing with his walking pneumonia and bronchitis. So keep him in your prayers and maybe send him some food or something and he'll maybe can eat behind our backs just to help him out a little bit until y'all gets to get us to 800 subscribers. And nothing, um, nothing feeds a college student more than uh, some midnight cookout. So certainly send uh, send some his way. Just don't let the uh, the college loop know about it. Yeah, if we see it, we're definitely <laughs> <laughs> hit him on the head. And I messed up. Seven hundred subscribers. There we go. Seven hundred. Or we're gonna say eight hundred too. Well, we feed him twice. Uh, but of course, if you want to listen to the show, if you're tired of seeing our face, clearly understand. But you also have us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and 
Google Podcasts and Amazon Music. I am flubbing every single word I possibly can tonight. Leave five stars, leave a smiley face, leave a like, whatever those those platforms allow. And, of course, all of that being said, this has been the College Loop pregame show for Auburn, New Mexico State. And I'm looking for the app there. (laughs) 